Movement Rio Media presents A Few Good Physios with Dr. Eric Munoz and Dr. Leonidas Scantolides. You can't handle the truth. What is physical therapy? More research. More research. True therapeutic effect. Join us each week as we discuss current trends in medicine, rehabilitation, and strength and conditioning. The answers are out there. All content is a collaboration between On Point Sports Care and Integrated PT Squared. A Few Good Physios is not medical advice and is used for educational purposes only. If you are having pain and or health-related complaints, please seek out a licensed healthcare professional. Thank you for downloading. Enjoy. Welcome back, episode 23. We are honored today to have Mr. Steve Horney on the podcast. He is a physical therapist working out of New York City. We know him from a little while back, and he represents kind of uh, our continued theme of bringing on quality physical therapists, uh, kind of exposing the quality care model, and it happens to be in New York as well. So we're honored to have Steve. Thank you for coming. Cool. Thank, Thank you, you guys so much for having me. It is exciting. Uh, we were talking just a little bit before, but these are the conversations that I have all the time with other clinicians. And it's nice to get to have it where it's recorded and it's a good dialogue and it flows well. And therefore, p- more people can benefit from it because I think the conversations that we have in here are the conversations that happen outside. And if you can reach more people, you're going to help more people. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's an honor to have you because oh. um, we started our careers. I'll, I'll let uh, Lee get into how we know each other, but uh, it, is, it is a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. Likewise. That's right. So uh, we do know Steve from before, uh, at least for me, before I was actually a licensed physical therapist. I was a student at New York Sports Medicine, which uh, we spoke about in previous podcasts. Steve was the uh, clinical director at the time, so I had to go through him to kind of get set up with my clinical instructor and that was my introduction to New York Sports Medicine. And then uh, after uh, we started working there, um, we had different interactions. I wasn't at uh, at the Columbus Circle location. That was at kind of bouncing between. Uh, well, actually, that was before Union Square opened up. Yeah, that was Union when it was Forty Eighth. Yeah, so it was just Forty Eighth Street. And then um, it was the smaller uh, Columbus Circle location. Then we grew that to twice as large, which was right. pretty cool. And then it even got bigger after we left. Yeah. yeah. That's right. And then when you came on... Uh, Union Square. So Union Square was probably... It was a third clinic. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. it was a brand spanking new clinic. And there was only two, maybe three therapists yeah. to a lot of square footage. Hmm. Yeah. And that la- <laughs> was nice while it lasted. But um, we, we moved on from that location and uh, downsized. But it, it was um, it was definitely the glory days on space. And, and we had great views. We had yeah. 23 windows. And amazing clinicians. I mean, yes. I think that that's yes. one of those times where you always look back. And I look back at right now in our company as the it is a beautiful uh, amalgamation of people where it's like, eh, it, may ne- it may never be this good again. You know, yeah. you savor every moment when you have that kind of like all-star hitting cast. Absolutely. And then you kind of know that's not going to last forever and you just try and keep on reloading with it whenever possible. But it was really special. I learned a lot. I have a lot of gratitude to a lot of people uh, through that experience, as I'm sure you guys same. do as oh, well. Same. I mean, like, as you said, um, to have all those um, just very influential pe- people it, it was a, it was an honor, you know, yeah. to start off my, I think I started with like 12 hours mm-hmm. and then the second week was 24 
And then the third or fourth week was like, well, we want you full time. Yeah. No, <laughs> Congratulations to you. Quick. Yeah, that, was... But that's not like that's a testament to you. This says the system, but that's a testament to you. That's not how everybody goes. Oh, you I know, was, I was very I feel very, again, fortunate and a lot of gratitude to everybody that gave me the opportunity. Yeah. Likewise. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, I, some people have asked um, what it was like because now working at a different practice and people who are new to that practice, they were like, what, what was it like before? And uh, I will always talk about that group of people. And every day was kind of it was almost like a huge think tank. Everybody was really yes. excited to treat and then exchange ideas. People were constantly doing Con Ed, bringing that information back. I remember you were going through your St. Augustine certification yep. Correct. while that I was there. Yep. Now, how long did that take? I, I wanted to quickly ask you about that. That was a multi-year uh, commitment. Because it, it's a series of five, four, three, three four, three. I think it's seven wow. different courses that you have to end up taking, eight if you count some of their prerequisite stuff. So it took me about two years to do the coursework. And wow. then you have to study, go down. Um, if anyone's not familiar with it, it's a University of St. Augustine manual therapy certification. Mm-hmm. Something I'm really glad I did. It was, it was interesting to have that layered on top of my first boss's algorithm my current boss at that time's algorithm and then mm-hmm. take someone else's algorithm. Because I think what we're always trying to do is just get other people's algorithms as, as quickly and dirtily as possible. Mm-hmm. So we, I took that in really nice. And then you have to go down and actually test out on 20 separate written oral and practical exams in a four-day period wow. down at St. Augustine. Wow. And it was it was exactly how you would think it feels. It's really tough. And just if anyone's thinking about doing that, mm-hmm. whether it's through St. Augustine or other manual therapy programs that have an oral component, be ready for that. Don't practice for that like a written exam. This sounds like common sense, but you need to hear it. Mm. I remember the first oral exam that I took, I just lost. Like the lights went out. I was deer in headlights. Mm. It was because I hadn't – you have to – prepare for that like a crazy person. You have to walk in your room and you have talk. flashcards and just talk <laughs> so to yourself true. and talk to yourself. Typical Steve Saturday night pretty much. But for other people, it's important to make sure that you're doing that and preparing for it the right way. Mm-hmm. So I took that and I guess this kind of goes lends itself into my bio just a little bit, but mm-hmm. took that and went deep dive on manual therapy. But then, and we'll get to this later, the movement world really has called my number a lot more recently. Yeah. But yeah, it's a grueling process, but it's it's worth it. You should do something like that. I'm not saying you have to do St. Augustine. You can do IPA, you do, but mm-hmm. deep dive hard on something to give you one full algorithm of someone else's in addition to the clinicians that you respect that you've worked with for X amount of years. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. I mean, what you just said, this deep dive into a, a system, an algorithm, something that Lee and I kind of spoken that a lot of um I'm going to make a generalization here a lot of newer therapists uh, at a school have this idea that well they have tools and I think it's um they do have tools but they're limited and um the more the merrier and the systems multiple systems I think are the way to help multiple people <laughs> yeah but you can have i mean you can have a carpenter that has all the tools but never went to carpentry school what's the point like you mm. have more tools but you don't have you don't know how to use them it's cool. the same thing it's <laughs> a, the guy who's fixing fixing your uh the guy or girl who's fixing your dishwasher comes in hits it with a hammer in one spot charge you ten thousand dollars you say but it took you five minutes but it took them 30 years to figure out where to hit it it's right. that mm. kind of thing it's the tools don't make it's the algorithm that makes the clinician Right. Absolutely. Very cool. And that's through Stanley Paris's work. Correct. And yeah. I was actually the last, I think I was the last person to 
lose my stuff in front of him, but I passed, but lose my, because <laughs> I was his last um, actual class uh, certification with him no. in particular. Wow. Yeah, exactly. And, got, and then he got on a boat. Yeah, that was <laughs> it. He was just going, exactly. He's just, just He's balling. <laughs> Straight him in the rock and T-Pain. I think they're just on a boat, just going all over the place. I remember, yeah. Do you remember Howard Mikoski, our spinal yeah, teacher? So he was our, we were his last class. Mm-hmm. He, he's very talented. He like, he really studied the uh, doctor of osteopathic med- yeah. medicine and Philip Greenman, like we used his textbooks for all the minute courses and stuff right. like that. But he, he retired after that and then he gave us this big speech and we found out later he literally was going to go like up to Maine and kind of sell uh, jelly, like for like oh. a homemade jelly. Jam gonna jelly? Make, yeah, jam and jelly. Yeah. And uh, we, we, were, we were always laughing about that. I was like, that's got to be the life, you know, you just... That's you know, making jelly and oh. living up. <laughs> he gave us this long speech. It was great. It was a it great was. speech. But he was like, you know, I'm gonna pat and passing on the torch, and hopefully someday you guys will do the same thing. And it was it was, it was a very yeah, you know, uh, influential speech. And mm-hmm. I you know I I hold it near and dear. Now yeah. he was at Torah, right? He was. So and I yeah. say that like, but but and you guys would never know this, but we actually had it written. Yeah, this isn't an overshare, but we had it written in our contracts that we would only take students who had gone through Mikofsky's name, right? Yeah. That had gone through his program because you all were so – the people who elected to take his spinal yeah, um, courses spinal. and his manual therapy w- tended to do so much better in the clinic that it was right. our actual – that was actually my <laughs> – that was a phone call that I made and I called and I was like, can we write this into our contract with you? Because it just seems to be – the trend and it was and for a reason because if you talk about that guy that way you were inspired or you wouldn't take it because you knew it was hard Mm. and those people would just kind of be sitting on the bleachers for a little bit so it's it what you're saying Mm. it's funny how you find out things later and i mean that was 10 years ago that i probably had that conversation and it was because of uh it was because of because he is a remarkable human, though I've never met yeah. him, but much respect for him. Yeah, definitely, man. Very yeah. cool. It's he, crazy. Yep. Ten years later, we find that out. Yep. Yeah, true. He's hundred awesome. percent cool. So uh, I don't. I guess what what kind of drove you to get into uh, physical therapy school? A little bit of a background sure. to to that. So I think it starts with a, a slide into third base at Fairhaven Field at sixteen years old, mm. and it just just didn't go well, mm-hmm. and I sprained my ankle. Bad, I would say bad, but like if that happened to me today, I would be laid up for for six months. Mm-hmm. You know, you're 16 years old. You kind of just bounce back. I missed like three games and then I was off and running again. Mm-hmm. But I realized how how much I disliked not being able to do the things that I wanted to do. The things that I equated to this is my life, not being able to do them mm-hmm. affected me psychologically. And, you know, I know you guys talk about the biopsychosocial model a lot. Like that was my first little dose of that is mm-hmm. if you can't do the things that you want to do, what is the point of this? So I knew that I wanted to help people. I've always been pretty. And it's funny. You start to as you kind of unpack yourself down the road. I think I learned at a really young age that service to others was something that made me very happy. Mm -hmm. Um, I knew that science and math was something that resonated with me along with biology. Um, Physics was actually something I did really well in in school, and that kind of lended itself to Kinesis down the road. But to come back, I knew I wanted to help people help out, and I knew that I wanted to be in medicine because science was what worked. and for me at that time, because sports physiatrist wasn't really something that was talked about. And I think of now that I look back at it, if I were to tell Steve at 16 today, I think I would say look into acupuncture, chiropractic, physical therapy, 
also sports physiatry and being an orthopedic surgeon. Those are, I think, still the five things that I would like really look at. But at that time, I actually really thought that I wanted to be an athletic trainer. So it was physical therapist, athletic trainer, and orthopedist. And I knew that I didn't want to be an orthopedist because I didn't want my life to be my job. I, I thought that I could make up the revenue difference by enjoying business. Like by this point in time, I'm already that kid who was like, hustling to pick up extra dishwashing shifts. I'm the one who's like, no, you can keep your $14 an hour job. I'll take the $5 an hour job plus tips. And I know I'll hustle at my Italian mm. cuisine transportation specialty job, which is mm. a pizza boy. If you want to be <laughs> <about it. Yeah. laughs> So I knew that that was my grind and that's how I was wired. So that's you take awesome. that. And so it was, I wanted to be an AT because I loved my athletic trainer. Rest in peace, Walter Reeser, man. He is the greatest man one of the most influential human beings on my life. Mm. And he actually just passed away. I saw him like mm. two, like six months before he died. I saw him out at a bar with his family. It was like a bar restaurant with my family. And I honestly, I went on my way out. He sat with us like almost the whole time, which I think his wife was a little like, yo, come on back. But <laughs> on the way out, I actually picked up his check as a thank you for like wow. the advice because he said, you, you want to be an AT? Great. BPT? focus in sports and you'll never want for a job. Whereas he had already been an AT for the mm. Eagles. He was for um, Springfield College. He had climbed mm. the entire ladder to the top of an AT and he's like, it's not where it's at. So then he went back to school and then was our athletic director, but was also our athletic trainer. And I was like, I want to be just like you. He's like, don't. <laughs> He's smarter than <laughs> right, me. Right. And so that's when I was really then making the decision between PT and orthopedic surgery. And like I said, I was like, I can make up that difference. And I think I'll have a better chance. And I'll write this, this is like me writing this down, but like my goal is to coach a little league or softball championship for one of my children. This these pending spawn that I'm saying <laughs> I would like to have. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, yeah. And I knew that I could, I knew I had a better chance at actually mm -hmm. being a coach on that team and having that kind of family work balance life as a physical therapist who own their own practice. That's so awesome. then I looked at different programs and Quinnipiac was the one that resonated with me because I didn't have to keep on reapplying. Like I knew what I wanted to do. And I've always mm. been lucky in that regard. I feel like, I feel like maybe it's when I'm sleeping and I synthesize or maybe this mind that like is constantly rolling does tend to give me when it gives me answers, gives me pretty clear answers. And it was like, you should go to physical therapy school, not you should go to school and then do bio and then go for a master's. Like you want this, go get it. So that was why mm. I looked into Quinnipiac's program which was a three-and-a-half bachelor's, two-year master's, so a five-and-a-half-year total in and out. With Back when I graduated, it was a master's 13 mm -hmm. years ago. There were no doctoral programs. So I went, and the reason why it was so appealing was just because I – because you didn't have to keep reapplying. A lot of places like Delaware and other places, you would have to go for two, reapply two, reapply. And oh, it's like, crazy. come on, man. It's hard you along. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. So that was that. To take a little bit, add a little bit more context to what I'm talking about, mm. I was heavy into wrestling and football, though I was playing baseball when I got hurt. Um, those are my two sports that really resonated with me. And I took those two together, played rugby through college and grad school and men's after, which was really fun and just something that. It's funny if you like I know like Eric's got a little black eye. Like obviously you're still you're still competing in certain things. Forty years old, man. Yeah. I, I started later in life thanks to this gentleman here. But um yeah, I mean it, it as I say, I get putting myself into some uncomfortable situations. Sure. 
So, you know, life is uncomfortable and you, you get to absorb it. You know, walking over here, it was like, all right, the toughest part of the day is over. Yeah. I got choked. I got kneed in the face. Right. But it's, it, at any age, I mean, as, as a kid, um, at 16, I was playing football myself. But again, it, it feels great to compete and it feels good to learn a new skill. Right. And just get yourself in some situations. Right. And it's so funny. It's like, and again, I'm like teasing this a little bit, but I, you know, more recently I've gone and got my kettlebell certification, Very CSCS. Cool. And it's like, I see that, that person that I used to be on the rugby field and it mm. scares me, but also kind of excites me at the same time. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, oh, no. like, I'm like, oh, like Steve, relax. Like we meditate now. What's up? <laughs> but then you just like, you see it and you're like, oh man, you can't kick that. So if that's how you're wired. That's how you're wired. Mm. And so that's how. I always was, and that's why I continue to play rugby throughout. And then they just reached like kind of like a risk reward ratio time where I was like, you know what? I don't if 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 I get hit in the head one more time, and we can talk about CT some other time. But like if I my neck was what bothered me a lot, and I was just like, mm, I got I got a C five C six quarter apartment. Maybe I shouldn't be like uh, smashing your head. head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And and it was the the most beautiful thing that I can say is the day that I decided to retire. I was done. Like I had done it. Mm. I need nothing else. Mm. I was like totally, totally okay with that because I had gone a hundred percent the entire time. And then when it's over, it's over. And I mm. guess that's it's kind of like the 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 best way that you can uh, bomb voyage from someplace is like to be like, no, there's nothing else I needed to do. I did mm-hmm. it. I'm done. So yeah, that's the best situation. I feel like, and especially if you've already done it for a certain amount of time, you kind of got out of it what you needed, and then you can go on and use that experience for kind of something else, which is exactly. Super and then almost like you take that algorithm or that grittiness that you're talking about and that tenacity, and you just put it into something else. I'm like, well, how about let's let's start a really gangster physical therapy company? <laughs> like, done. All right, cool, great. And, you do, and you're using the same energy and the same drive. Totally yes. business. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm awesome. still that. I'm still that pizza boy. I'll always be that. I was a pizza awesome. boy. Honestly, we'll take it. if we want to talk about what's made me. It was being a pizza boy and knowing that I like that hustle and that grind. I owned a boat washing and waxing company. I started with three boats and then I just worked my way up and it taught me how to keep um, records. And it also taught me like, yo, if someone owes you money, collect now mm-hmm. because you think you're being like a good nice nice person but they forget and the longer it goes the more they give you the stank face when you ask for it you're like no no no, my records are orderly like check this out like (laughs) you owe me money like this and this is before spreadsheets this is a calendar that i'm writing in and it's in pencil so i can erase things you see that number there that means you owe me that money right there and it's just like that helped me out a lot of it and then bartending i bartended through grad school and you just learn it's the same thing of like what who need who needs what for me right now in this room and mm-hmm. that's how you kind of end up i think that that skill set carried me to busier clinics mm-hmm. and is probably what set me up to be clinical director which then set me up to own my own shop eventually now did you where did you grow up in new york or was this jersey in, in i'm jersey? actually from i'm from before people knew what the before, I didn't even know what the Jersey Shore was. I just knew, like, <laughs> I would get on my bike and ride to the ocean, and we would call it the beach. But then I go to college, and I found out hey, that I'm Jersey from the Shore. Jersey Shore. Shore. Yeah, exactly. Like, isn't from the that Shore? Cool? Exactly. It's, like, so funny. But, yeah, awesome. I grew up in the same house that my mom grew up in, down by the beach in New Jersey. Small yeah. town. Um, my mom's from was born in Brooklyn, but then was raised there. My dad's actually from Kansas, which is, a like, a good part. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm happy that I have that kansas in me uh the ability to kind of like slow down savor the small stuff stuff like that nice shout out to kansas (laughs) and brooklyn exactly yeah exactly good combo 
So when did you um so you did you already have the plan for the the gangster yeah uh, uh was it the gangster what oh yeah gangster we'll, we'll get there all yeah. right gangster clinician yeah but basically you're taking all these experiences and you're kind of formulating this idea that you do want to have this drive for helping people medicine yeah. uh, successful business model and then putting those all together I guess one thing we've talked about on the podcast a lot is this this confusion of a business model for physical therapy because mm-hmm. it can, I feel like it's now coming to light a little bit more with, um, you know, clinics, either these mill clinics and or uh, sure. pharmaceuticals, stuff like that. So trying to meld or have this nice balance between being able to have a successful business that makes money, but also delivers quality care. Right. So, so do you, are you, do you challenge yourself with that a lot or does that challenge you quite a bit now? Or is that something that you've always had in the background to, I, I always knew so so and to answer a question just because I think it's funny, but did I always know? Like I knew when I was a kid, I swear I said this before I went to physical therapy school. I'm going to physical therapy school so I can start horny's helping hands and it's <laughs> gonna be awesome. <laughs> and everybody's laughing and it's so funny. That's Recently great. I like I digress awesome. for a moment, but it's so mm-hmm. funny. I actually got shirts made up i'll look at the cameras like, <laughs> like like this like this so you can hands see it. On, oh, hands and on. it says horny's helping hands and it was when it was steve horny pt.com before oh, so there's man. some vintage baseball shirts they're pretty oh, cool and i swear to god i'll give you guys that just like email me <laughs> and, and i swear to god i've never seen my mom laugh so my mom she's our office manager she does it remotely but it's mm. it's amazing you need you need a hawk whether it's your mom or not you need a hawk and i swear to god i've never seen my mom laugh so hard when i gave her (laughs) her own horny's helping hands and it was in that moment she was like i'm so proud of you because we both knew like you can't just throw you have to be at a certain established point before you can make a shirt like this we could totally tear down your career like that was like my look look i made it mom moment and it was this like how did i create such a weird child and then also like i'm so proud of what you're doing so all in that laugh it was genuinely the funniest that i've ever the hardest i've ever seen my mom laugh so yeah so horny's helping hands was always going but i knew i knew i would never do that grind of in network so i and again, we'll talk about like we'll talk about this when we talk about the steps of starting a clinic. A cl- a clinic. Mm-hmm. It is it's a metrics conversation. It's a mathematical conversation. It's mm-hmm. nothing else. And I knew that I did not want to be in network, and I did not want to be a mill. So therefore, I was only factoring out of network patients into my thought process. And I knew that all, any advertising was only going to be towards people who could provide out-of-network patients. And and I very quickly, and maybe you guys have found this, maybe you haven't, but I very quickly realized that I enjoyed talking to personal trainers significantly more than I enjoyed networking to out-of-network doctors. And I think I can leave that right there, and I think a lot of people know exactly what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was let's figure out how to be the best resource for trainers because I love teaching anatomy. So I just did a cadaver dissection again back in January. I took five different anatomical resources, Gray's, Netter, you've like Gray's, Netter, Get Body Smart, Martini and uh, Martini, which was the one that we used in my college, and then um, Visible Body, which is the app that a lot of people are using. And the first time that I taught anatomy, which was what I use as my advertising to these trainers, 
I was a little frustrated that you pick up a book and one says the TFL comes off the ASIS, one says it comes off the anterior one-third of the iliac crest and the SIS, and I'm like, give me answers. Now, so what I did was I took those five resources, put them all together, and realized that I wanted to not just be a teacher, which is me regurgitating something, be an expert. I wanted to become an anatomical expert. Mm -hmm. So I went and I took this time to make a huge spreadsheet and if you guys want it i'll share it with you it's mm. pretty boring and dry but it's massive mm. and it's every it's the top 50 muscles that you would have to worry about and has origin insertion action innervation and took that and i put it all the way through mm. and then recently i went back and did a cadaver and that's where i thought i would get all my answers like oh my god it is such a it's funny i did the anatomy trains with tom myers mm -hmm. and it was okay. funny i expected walking out to be like anatomy trains are for real and like that's mm -hmm. the only thing that's stuck and like it's all stuck together and if you think that you can really tell exactly where that fiber goes into on that bone like bless your heart mm -hmm. way yeah. to go like mm -hmm. it is it's obviously the movements are much more important i think more emg studies are probably what matter more because that's what you care about more um so we end up getting some pods and we're gonna do some work with that to see more where you fire what you fire when you fire it so mm. but to take it back is that that was what i always so to answer your question mm. i knew that i wanted to be out of network i knew the referral source that i wanted was personal trainers because if someone's willing to pay x amount for personal training they're willing to pay x times 1.2 for physical therapy right and that's who i wanted so that actually went out. Honestly, at first I went out and tried to teach pathology and you're like, yeah, a rotator cup is they're like, what's the rotator cup? You're like, all right, let's start here. <laughs> so then it started anatomy, pathology, corrective exercise is, nice. is where our educational uh, programs are for personal trainers right now. Yeah. I think it goes back to his grind as well. I think mm -hmm. um, with your boat cleaning business, Hell yeah. um, you got used to just saying, hey, this is my price. Mm -hmm. Pay me. Mm -hmm. And I think um, a lot of individuals that are physical therapists who go that route, they, we've had this discussion where it's like, all right, I went, I did my, my dirty work in school. Now I have a job that'll give me a check and I'm now secure. And, and I think when people do make that leap, it's like, wow, I actually have to tell this person how much they're going to pay me. And, right. You know, and, it, and they get uncomfortable, but I, it, you have to be comfortable having conversations about money to people that are going to pay you. <laughs> Correct. And, and I think it's just valuing yourself yes. and valuing what um, it, I do. It's not like there aren't people that I just have worked on for free. I remember one patient in particular who's just having trouble financially. I could see how much stressing that out. And I was like, you don't have to pay me. You don't have to pay me at all. Yeah. If sometime five years down the road you want to maybe like throw I, but I swear <laughs> I'm never going to ask you for money. We're never going to have this conversation again. Mm. It was actually, honestly, it was like I've had that conversation I've also had people where, and this was a, so, and I'm never shy about this, but like I've talked to a therapist. I think I, I'm ready to just blow the stick, like the stigma away from that. Like mm. we're all physical therapists here. There's no reason why you shouldn't have the same approach to if something happens, you getting some sort of mental Absolutely. or talk therapy. 100%. And I remember she, I couldn't afford her. Someone referred me and it was amazing. I could afford the first session. And she just said to me, she's like, just pay whatever you can. And I was like, well, and she's like, just pay whatever you can. Wow. And that was it. So I've taken that approach. And then then the others, I mean, like me and my, like, so my mom, my dad, myself and Carl, who's one of our amazing clinicians, are all going down to Ecuador for a medical mission uh, this year. It, the reason why I'm saying this, it's not about money. It's about respecting your time. And if someone can't afford to pay you, they should pay you for your services because you're worth it. Um, so it's, it, I almost want to like, I want to take the, 
it's absolutely having those conversations about money and my value. But that really breaks down to value yourself because for me, it's not about the money right, per right. se. Right. It's about the respect and, and value. It comes um, back a million ways. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So it's super important. Yeah, we're lucky like that. Lucky. that we, you know, we're lucky to have a skill set that is valuable in this um, society. You yes. know, you could be the best. I don't know, like cup maker, but mm-hmm. that may not pay for all the bills that you may incur. So it's nice that I feel it's the it's the perfect balance of for me. It was I realized early on you guys probably did as well. M- my friends that could afford to travel. All I care about is travel. Like I mm. drove a 1997 Saturn up until four mm. years ago when she broke up with me. God rest <laughs> oh. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm not. She was like, I'm like, done. Oh my God. She started lying to me about what gear we were in together. It was crazy. That's when I knew. Even my mom was like, this one's got to go. I haven't so, seen a Saturn in forever. Yeah, they're honest. not orbiting much anymore. <laughs> no, no, yeah. no, I haven't orbiting. seen a Saturn. Yeah, You're right about hundred percent. So it was the, awesome. if you kind of like, Look at everything. What, what were we just talking about? I'm sorry. We went to the physical. The, we, the, uh, <laughs> I just pictured my old car and got so nostalgic and totally lost path of what we were talking about. Business models, um, quality care, uh, kind of forming that around that with getting and then also getting paid what you're worth travel, and travel. travel. That's what there it is. Go. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. All I care about really is travel. Like that's all I really wanted to. Um, and so I came to realize at a very early point in my career that my friends who could afford to take the trips that I wanted to couldn't take the time off. And the ones that could take the time off couldn't afford it. And I was like, sweet spot. That's a great professional goal. I know it sounds weird to use your friends as kind of your uh, barometer for that, but Mm. if you can afford and still take the time off, you have a decent work-life balance. Definitely. Rest in peace. Oh, my Saturn dragon. (laughs) I love you. Dragon. My baby. (laughs) Had a name and all. That's great. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. But yeah, and, and I do think that that all comes full circle, especially for the information that's coming out now with um, the cost of surgery, healthcare costs, and then what what a physical therapist could provide in terms of movement, uh, information, education, all that stuff. So I feel like that that can be a simple conversation with a patient too, is be like, yes, this could be whatever it is to price right now, but the information I'm going to give you might be lasting you a couple of years in right. terms of it's, taking care of yourself. Well, a lifetime. Yeah, a it's lifetime. my my grandfather. Like my grandfather, my mother's favorite favorite quote is uh, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure and I, maybe mm-hmm. like Ben Franklin also says that but I'm pretty <laughs> sure my, grandma, my grandfather said it first I'm just <laughs> but yeah it's 100% the yeah. case and, and a lot of the research is reflecting that so that's nice that it's on our side it's good we're in a good we're in a good position I would say for Definitely. future healthcare I, no matter I where agree. it goes exactly yeah. mm-hmm. I agree with you no, I totally agree we've uh, yeah we've... so the uh, I was going to say the central uh, I want to know why I can't say it. Do no, you? I know. You're thinking about my old car. Like, <laughs> you think about my old car or my T-shirts? Or, yeah. Columbus Circle. Yeah. So you were the manager there uh, at New York Sports Medicine for three years? Is that right? Yeah, give or take. Okay. And that was kind of – it became the flagship location in terms of the amount of providers who are there and yeah. uh, the revenue and everything like that. Correct. Okay. It did, and, and maybe that was – I mean I would always say I think it was the – the other people that were there like mm. it, it's it it was a special group not there was and not that it wasn't special at any location but it ended up it ended i think it ended up outgrowing itself at just the right time to right. make itself a little bit bigger than the others so I'm sure good yeah, it was cool it was a place to be i mean mm. there was a con ed thing going on and yeah yeah it was just a great chemistry yeah like mm-hmm. i mean we all know the same like like paulo choa who's f square pt yes, like yes. uh mm-hmm. 
ben Krista. Gold. Oh my God, Ben Gold, like Carla Dimatina is still killing it. I still keep in touch with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adita is still an amazing, beautiful human being mm-hmm. and unbelievable therapist. Uh, Allison Lynn, like we're Johnny we're Jesse, very, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Jesse it's amazing. Love them. Yeah, exactly. Like we mm-hmm. we were so lucky. It, it, yeah. It's amazing. So much gratitude to everyone there. Very cool. And Luke, I mean, thank oh, you, to Luke. 100%. Of course, yeah, huge. And um, and Dr. Neely too. There wasn't. <laughs> the whole crew yeah exactly the whole crew thank you yeah oh that's great and was... everyone else that I've forgotten to mention <laughs> no. please don't hold it against me alright uh, there I remember uh, Friday Night Fights with oh, Paula yeah. Choa you guys used to uh, every Friday night would do a combination of like it seemed like circuit training, Muay Thai training yep all that stuff I think I joined you guys one night that was it was fun. awesome yeah because you're were you Karate te- or taekwondo? Uh, taekwondo, My yeah. Fault. I have much no, respect. <laughs> <laughs> please don't. Please I've, don't. I've me. moved on. Yeah. Uh, I've done uh, Muay Thai and then also oh, cool. do Jiu Jitsu now. Um, yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. I mean, yeah. that's like, and that that's when you, again, you get that. Like, I was still playing rugby around that time, mm. but I was like, this this scratches an itch that I didn't even know I had. And it, again, I'm sure you guys talk, like, uh, this is for a totally another time, but, mm. but I mean, I am curious because I feel like I should say that and then almost disclaim like there is mounting and mounting research about CTE. Like let's not, you know, take this. In, and I'm going to mm. throw an original thought actually in here. This is um, something that I've actually approached probably like four different neurologists about, but it was interesting. So I took a um, I took an orofacial pain course out in Denver with my cousin who's a dentist. And I'm trying to remember exactly which one happened first, but we'll say that that one happened first. Mm -hmm. So I went out to Denver and I took that course. And it was interesting to talk about, they were talking so much about how um, sleep was so important. And this was one specific doctor who was talking about the sweeping that occurs from your CS, uh, that occurs in your brain when you fall into a deep sleep. My impression, and and, uh, this is not my realm of expertise, and I'm sure anyone listening who this is there can either write in and tell us and just give us a little more information. But my impression is when you fall into a deep sleep, your CSF sweeps away the byproducts. And one of the main byproducts that it'll sweep away is the beta amyloid protein or amyloid beta for um for which and which is one of the main uh, contributors to Alzheimer's yes. disease. Yes. And so it was a huge link between the, the deep sleep and the ability to get into deep sleep and then the clearing away of this and then quite the opposite is if someone's not getting into deep sleep then um, them having trouble sweeping it away, which can be a predictor for Alzheimer's. Are we all on the yes. same page with that? Yes. So, yes. so then I, I came back, like, I came back uh, maybe like four, you know, and then four months later I went to NYU's head trauma symposium. Mm. And it was really interesting because the CT is the ta protein. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Tau, to, ta? Not Either sure. way. I don't know that it is. It, it, that, yeah. It's one of those. Check it out. Mm. But Google it, right? That's what it <laughs> yeah. Check it out. But it was so interesting that no one in that room was actually talking about sleep. And think about yeah. how many football players have big ass necks. I mean, I used to snore yes. so much more. I used yes. to have so much trouble. And I, I, I'm just curious if anyone in the NFL is is mandating that these guys get sleep studies like day mm. one. Day one when you walk into a into a college football or a high school football, get a sleep study because maybe there's mm. something in that answer to why people do or don't get CT. And now, you know, the more recent studies is like, and almost would say like show symptoms of CTE because it seemed like I think it was 111 out of 112 NFL players that they dissected their brains or it, it was out of all of the 
NFL players, only one didn't have right. signs of CTE. Exactly. Yeah. So maybe is there something in there between that one person who didn't, but then also the people who do or don't show symptoms that it really actually goes back to sleep. So it's actually almost like, could we be preventing CTE by mandating that pe- that they have, uh, if they have, uh, depending on what, like a mandibular anterior translation unit or a CPAP that night, or they take melatonin that night, or they do breathing exercise before they go to bed that night, mm-hmm. they don't drink alcohol that night. Like you and I all know what leads to a good night's sleep. Mm-hmm. Is that being mandated of players on that night of their game night? And mm-hmm. I know we just went hard tangent on that, but that's, mm-hmm. I have approached actually, uh, Princeton, um, I think it's BU has a big CTE center. Um, but I, I've sent I've sent that like, hey, you smart people with these degrees, just tell me I'm wrong or it's being investigated. That's all I need. And I actually haven't gotten much back from it. And this is over the last three or four years. So not that I put it to bed, but this is me putting it out there into the universe. If anyone has connections or anything, just, just give me that answer to that question. Again, I'm happy if it's a you're wrong, it's been investigated, or here's why it's not right mechanically fine. But I actually would really like to know if there is any possibility that there's similar similarities with the CSF sweeping with the various uh, proteins with um, Alzheimer's and we can learn from what we've learned from Alzheimer's and put it to CTE because that's something I care about a lot. I've had a a lot of head trauma. So have you had you listened to Joe Rogan at all? uh, The podcast here and there. I listen to him like people send me Joe Rogan's. Um, so yeah, <laughs> seriously, like, you know, but, but did he have a CTE specialist? He or? had this, and I sent you this guy, a sleep specialist. Oh, I heard yeah. it. And this he's is just, a key. It's, this. it's, I think it, the information will at least, you at least get some of it from yeah. there. And if anything, I would reach out to that individual who's yeah, sure. super involved. Uh, he's a sleep scientist. He wrote and a it, couple of books as well. Yeah. Perfect. And the information that you get from that podcast is both incredible, like, incredible. Incredibly illuminating, but also very scary. Yeah, because when, when you don't get a, a good night's sleep, it's like he just like bullet points like what happens, and like this is a, an absolute fact now in terms of the amount of studies that they've oh, done God, over yeah. the last decade. Do you guys monitor like this is a heart rate monitor? This is the aura ring. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, I about the jacket. That's so check cool. Very cool. It's pretty amazing, but I mean, the biggest thing is. I, do you know what alcohol does to your sleep? Oh, oh man. It totally ruins it. You can't it's get into anywhere worst. near deep sleep. It doesn't make it's, you even want to ever drink again. Yeah, you put one of these one, things even on. Even one or two, though, right? I mean, Dude. Oh, yeah. yeah. Then that's a thing. Like three for sure. Right, right, right. Um, I'm <laughs> testing the twos and the ones. But I mean, my resting heart rate when I'm sleeping at its at its lowest is 43, 44, 45. That's nice. When I drink. 55 every time it's like it's guaranteed to be a 55 56 Uh somewhere on there it's crazy it's so your body's working it's like why'd you do that he talks about that too why that happens because rogan's like what why do i get these crazy ass dreams when he does sober october when he doesn't smoke any weed or drink any alcohol and the guy goes into this like perfectly like logical explanation it's what you just said about yeah. the csf and there's a there's a certain amount of information or sorry a certain amount of fluid that gets dumped mm-hmm. almost so for you to get the rem sleep right and if you don't then it will back up so that literally just stays kind of uh in a holding pattern right and then when you stop uh, preventing that from happening you do get the rem sleep it this it dumps all that deep deep sleep and so you get these really intense lucid That's dreams so that does not surprise me whatsoever yeah. Yeah. and we we've also discussed this this conversation to sleep with our patients um yeah. and, of course and how no one you know making a generalization but you know a lot of doctor orthopedists doc let's well, just say doctors in general you know they'll focus on the area but it's a simple question like you know, 
Yeah, how do you sleep? And it's on our intake. Yeah, we have a we have so we have our foundations of health on our intake, right. and it's on the back. We don't want to make people feel bad about themselves. Right. Right. So right. it's just right. a like. <laughs> it's it's like not great and great are the words. It's like yeah. the least confrontational thing ever, and it's <clears throat> hydration, diet, mm. sleep, stress, ergonomics, and exercise. What else? Nice. Come on, what yeah. else do we there need you here? Mm-hmm. You think your shoulder is like just a shoulder? Context, context is king. So, right. and, and part of that is me. Like I've lost a lot. Uh, I've I've lost. I'm down probably 30 pounds wow. in the last couple of years you guys didn't see me i got, I got puffy since the last time i saw y'all mm. and then i just slowly been peeling back layers and my body feels so much better and things feel so much faster and i feel sharper and there's just a lot of different things but it, it matters as much the sleep but it's also just like uh, those are your foundations of health like if you hydrate better if you have a better diet if mm-hmm. you end up exercise do breathing exercises all the time if you're exercising more which was never a problem for me but i'm just saying for the average person maybe they don't get that endorphin bump mm-hmm. it really matters your ergonomics are king. i haven't sat at a desk in so long i stand up work walk around phone calls i lay on my back i have mirror glasses so weird i'm such a weird person but it's like it's <laughs> funny i'm like i tell my patients and i just see them picturing me laying on my back with these you know mirror glasses where like if i had mirror glasses on they would be pointing down uh, so i yeah. lay on my back with my mirror glasses in front of my television so then oh. i can see my television yeah that's i know like, it's so, that's crazy and then I got i'm my, thinking of, what is he talking about you look at your eyes no, oh. no, no yeah exactly i'm just like oh hazel so sweet hazel yeah they that and then i put my orange glasses on top of it to the blue, blue block oh, and i'm just, like yeah. i don't how's my girlfriend still with me like it's so funny yeah, she's really passed out anyway i'm like time to bring out the mirror and orange glasses oh that's let's great. get weird on the floor yeah exactly like, but yeah, those are like those are the things that I think matter a lot when you're talking to someone about their shoulder. And we'll put in the show notes like we have that on our website. Just like those things that I was speaking about, you can click on it and just check through. It's got some breathing strategies. It's got some stress strategies. It's got some sleeping strategies. Got some ergonomic strategies. Like mm. just the things, the conversation I have all the time with people. I wanted to take it, put it out there. When we send them their insurance information, there's a link at the bottom. It's like, just so you know, we don't look at the body in isolation. Like, here's the things that you would like you to be familiar with, and we'll discuss them when you come in. So Nice. Very yeah. cool. It's awesome. awesome. It's really cool stuff. Yeah. Looking at the right things. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we had this little brief conversation before uh, the show started, but with just kind of taking a holistic approach, in the first time I really – had that experience was when I had, I, and I had said this before in the podcast, mm-hmm. when I had acupuncture for the first yeah. time, filling out the intake form, and they asked about everything. And so I thought that was so needed. If you're going to treat somebody, you, you gathering this information is super important, but also to have conversations about it. Um, especially it, there's all this research now with connections with uh, sleep deprivation and increased um, neurosensitivity, mm. pain sensitivity. Like pain sensitivity. Yeah. yeah, so that's super important. Yeah, that's where I came across it too, and we'll talk about this later, but uh, guy, Peter DeQuino, the, well, I would say I haven't met, I haven't met your lovely, late, your partner, but I would say I, to me the best, one of the best clinicians, I'm not even just saying acupuncturist, but yeah. Peter DeQuino is one of the best clinicians that I know, and he's mm. the one who got me to start to turn that boat around a little bit and view it as a whole thing. He's like, hey, you know, you got kind of got a lot of carbohydrates going in your, you know, like processed bullshit carbs. Mm. And he was like, kind of like, why don't you try and step those back? And I did. It's funny. Once you, once you, I was only then having like gluten, if you will, once a day. 
and even that, it when you break those shackles, you're like, oh my gosh, I am so physically addicted to this thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Then once you break that, you're like, all right, now let me take a more conscious look about this. Where are my ethics? Where are my environment? And where are my health all line up? Where can I find a good diet that works for me? So that's where like it's interesting. It was the same thing mm-hmm. with me. It was acupuncture and. God, thank you to acupuncture. It's so funny. We did, were discussing this before, but the things that Western medicine is like, look at we came up with. Like, isn't this amazing? Like, oh, did you? Did you really go up with that? It's been around for I'm a few pretty sure years. it's been on the on the east side, been going on a lot longer. Like, thank you, traditional Chinese medicine for Such all true. the things. And it, and again, like, and maybe your partner feels the same way, is like it's not don't do it. It's just pay homage. Like, don't act like you made that came right. up with this. So at That's least, it. yeah, and learn more about it too, because like right now, there's this. It's becoming more popular acupuncture. Yes. Like Sloan Kettering now has com- officially um, integrated it into its system of treatment for awesome. their patients with cancer. And the the reason why they did that is there's been some recent research that came out that shows some benefits for it for patients who had cancer to help them with sleep and anxiety and stuff like that. Um, but you know, it it's coming to the forefront and then it's getting a lot of criticism because there's a lot of like sham studies that's showing it doesn't have an effect but there's also animal studies that have an effect so yeah. um i really think they they need to take a step back and like kind of look at what it is first before they start saying oh well, it doesn't work doesn't work and try it so try exactly it for a prolonged per- i mean it, it's a game changer you yes. think you're sleeping you think yeah. you feel good you mm. think you're being you know you're on the wellness track right and then you get a check from an acupuncture. I mean, a clinician. We have we we share a clinician or two, mm-hmm. and Lee, mm-hmm. one of the other, one of the many things Lee has put me onto, but uh, acupuncture. Yeah. And he was like, "It's a game changer." I was like, oh, mm-hmm. "Give it a shot." And like four weeks later, like, "Wow, right, I'm waking up rested." And sure. I, and again, you just know the margins. I mean, cutting certain things out, adding other things in, right. Game changer. Definitely. And the clinician matters. Oh, like sure. we're talking about like, – if anyone's like physical therapy does or doesn't work, we'd be like, whoa, whoa. Right, right, right. <laughs> there is a clinician on a day choosing an intervention for a patient. Those are four variables that are different in every single scenario. So right. that clinician, like y- you may be very lucky. And, very and lucky. that's like that's the – it's for whom does it work best for and things like that. Those almost like clinical predictor rules to make things a little bit more uh, scientific is I think what they're shooting more for in the research. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's not just like acupuncture. It's yeah, like, yeah, oh, right. This <laughs> acupuncturist who through this traditional Chinese medicine or this old th- – this family school of thought because I believe it – I hope I'm not misquoting that. But like in Japan, it's more familially based. Um, there'll be different mm. families that will, but China, traditional Chinese medicine took everything and tried to put it together to make it a little more, um, a little more standardized, if gotcha. you will. So it, you know, needles going into people. If we're just taking that is one thing. Then traditional Chinese medicine is one thing, and the different familial Styles. schools of thought and schools, and then each different clinician taking is no different than Maitland, Mulligan, McKenzie, Absolutely. Stanley, Paris, and things like that. You know, yeah. it can work for different people at different times. But yeah. I'm a huge. All in all, especially the holistic approach, but I'm a huge – my number one referral is to acupuncture, so I'll just leave it right there. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very Thanks. cool. Um, going back to the gangster-ass clinician. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to talk about that? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, how did you come up with that? I love that. When I read oh, that, I, I initially misread it as gag, like the um, – Glycoaminoglycans. Yes, and yeah. I was like, you can talk about like soft oh, tissue. Mechan- you want to talk about mechanotransduction right now and how Ooh, that yeah. means oh, that you can ta- so. start a clinic? <laughs> um, honestly, I wrote this – I had this conversation all the time. So just for everyone who's listening is I – seven years ago, 
started my own practice. Mm -hmm. And that was a little bit sooner than most of my friends. So therefore, you become the, hey, Steve, what you doing? You get the text message, you're like, what are you really asking? Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, I was thinking about, it's like, let's go out, let's have a beer, let's talk about this. Let's sleep poorly that night. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, let's just trash ISCSF's ability. So, right, yeah, young. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I had this, I've had this beer conversation 10 times and I've had mm. this conversation with students another 10 times. And honestly, what I'm like, you have to be a gangster ass clinician. Like, mm. and I'm like, you have to be a very good clinician. Like you have to be the best clinician out there. <laughs> and, and so, so this is, and we're going to start. So this is what we're saying. This is starting a practice 101. And mm. the first step is being a gangster ass clinician. Mm. You have to be, and this comes back from actually where we all used to work together is I remember saying that the goal was that if, if on Manhattan, if all physical therapy clinics blew up and there was only five standing, you want to be one of those five. Mm -hmm. So if all of physical therapy blew up and there's only five clinicians standing, you've got to be at least in that conversation. Mm -hmm. That's the most important thing because I've seen people who try and go like, well, I have a marketing. Uh, I used to do, be in sales and I used to do that. People, don't, elbows don't care. Mm -hmm. Are you a good clinician? That mm -hmm. is the most important thing. You want to start your own business? Be the best clinician in an area and you will be. So that's the number one thing. And it goes back to what we were talking about. It's like do a deep dive. Like don't just take a rock blades and don't just take a taping course and don't just take one dry needling course. You need algorithms. Algorithms come from reps. If you can take them from someone else, great. If you can take them from a mentor, the best. If you have mm -hmm. to take them for continuing education, do it. Take a bunch of courses when you first get out. All the deep dives you think you might want to take. And then choose one of those tracks. So in the first two or three years, take a Maitland, take a McKenzie, take a I, um, IPA, you know, take, um, I'm trying to even think, like, even if you just want to go movement, that's what, I'm not even saying that I, I'm mentioning manual therapy because that's where my mindset was at the time, but mm -hmm. find something to do a deep dive into and take it. Nothing will, nothing will be more rewarding than you going to get your OCS or something like that. Like you mm. have to just commit yourself, get a couple other letters after you need them. It's not the letters that make you good. It's the perseverance and commitment to doing something to truly encompass um, someone else's ideas or a certain uh, quantity of information. Yes. So that's mm. where I think it's so important. That's And that's where I think a lot of people, they're like, what about my low? Or like, what about your skills? doesn't mm. make a difference. Mm. Your website, who cares? Right. <laughs> Here's the, the location you're at, like it could be a, a closet. You could be in a cardboard box. If you're a good clinician, people will come back. That's Absolutely. by far the most important thing. So, mm -hmm. and just to like kind of say is like read, read everything. Like who doesn't, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not, but you have to read the research. You yes. should go into, like I remember feeling that was top of my game when I went to HSS's current concepts in sports medicine. And I was like, yeah, duh. Hmm. of course hmm. i thought they had access to this research that i didn't have access to and all this and i was like yeah hmm. no, i just read that i just read that like i'm, I'm saying like jen like 85 percent of it was reviewed for me and i was like mm -hmm. good job like you've committed yourself that's yeah. also if you haven't been reading the research go take hss's current concepts but then start reading the research like you have yeah. to you just have to be constantly you have to live breathe and we all do all three yeah. of us in here that's no mm -hmm. question but and this isn't meant to be inspiring but like what else is better to deep dive into than learning about your own human body and helping people out? Like what else? Now, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that there are people that are, there that are bankers and see like there, there are a lot of things that people have to be. Mm. But for me and for my value system, 
geez, I feel so lucky. Like it's the best. So me doing a deep dive is just me really just doing deep dive on the things that I care about and they mm-hmm. happen to help out other people. Not to sound selfish, but you know what I'm saying. Oh, so, of course. That's of course. important. And everything's in alignment yeah. so that you can help others. So, right. <laughs> exactly. Really cool stuff. So then the next thing, and I think that this is like, it, it, it's a place to set up your step three side hustle, but you have to find the location. The, I think everyone's like location, 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 location. And I get that. But I think most people look at that as like West 4th and 6th is a good location. Columbus Circle is a good location. That's significantly less important than the physical structure that you're in. I'm in a boxing gym right now. It's a boxing gym where there's 10 on staff clinicians, uh, where there's 10 on staff trainers. Mm. And then there's 40 independent contracted trainers there as well. And I'm the only game in town. Mm. I like think I'm good, but they think I'm really good because mm. no one else is there. It's like right. very easy to be the best physical therapist mm-hmm. at yeah. a boxing gym when you're the only physical therapist right. like, mm-hmm. at a boxing gym. Right. So at 50 referrals. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's the thing. It's, it's fine people that value education. It's fine people that value um, anatomy, preventative medicine, a constant learning. Like that's where I'm, I'm grateful to the ro- owner, Rob at Gotham gym is he values education for his trainers and he values he he understands that that if someone comes to you and they don't and you're a trainer and they get hurt that's lost revenue right there like it's not a hard sell but some people and some owners have blinders on and they're not really um thinking anything above their session with that person when they get paid from that and then that's it right so it it it's an important relationship to find so when i first went out and don't be afraid to try multiple locations i did six months one was at a doctor's office one was at a um, yoga studio and one was at a boxing gym and i did six months and by the end of that time it was blatantly obvious that the boxing gym was where i should be because of the things that i mentioned before Mm -hmm. but don't be afraid to try it out because that's perhaps the most important decision that you're going to make and be thorough with it i called 58 different Yoga studios, Pilates, wellness, gyrotonics, um, and doctor's offices from out of my outside of my non-compete. And I called every single one. And I have my spreadsheet is, do you have a day rate? Do you have a per person rate? Do you have a monthly rate? Are there other clinicians? I have my big spreadsheet and just kind of looked at it and was like, okay, let me go visit these places. Then after I went and visited, okay, how do my gut feel? How do my heart feel? How do my head feel? Mm-hmm. Then you're like, okay, well, these are the three that seem by what I'm using as criteria to judge them would be the best fit for me. Let's try all three of them for six months and then we'll go for it. Mm-hmm. And, and that was the most important decision that I think that I made. Everyone's like, you're so lucky that you found Gotham. Gym. No, I'm luck. like, look, no, no, you no, want to no, see my no. nerdy ass spreadsheet? I will show <laughs> no, it to you. No. I'm the son of an engineer. There is no luck in this. <laughs> no. I will beat myself. Uh, and I'm Catholic. I was raised Catholic on top. And I'm like, <laughs> I got that, which means I will constantly just beat this sh- out of myself. And then my dad, my dad has his PhD in electrical engineering from Columbia. So he bring that uh, mentality to it. It's like, no, it's not luck. It's hard work. You right. just hard work yourself through stuff. So mm-hmm. that I'm eternally grateful for but that was the most important thing and then the third step is you got to set up a side hustle at that location so this is like kind of the important thing but a lot of pt practices don't offer strength training they they don't have the ability to do it and that's a perfect way to get your side hustle going when i was Mm -hmm. and this is when we were all together but i was managing this was this was this was a fun time in life (laughs) i was managing 
So I was treating 39 hours. No dig. But if anyone's else, like, you give me one hour to manage, like, come on. Oh, like, I, know, I was treating uh, 39 hours. Yeah. I was managing. I'm air quoting. You can't see this on the air. <laughs> managing for one hour which meant that i was managing really for six hours we'll say yeah exactly like i'm gonna say the lowest possible is that i was 45 hours of true clinical necessity minimum mm. every single week i was studying for my saint augustine manual therapy certification yeah. and i started to build up a, a side hustle if you will i got the first person i can still remember was uh, i wrestled with this woman's kid he was the 140 pounder JV. I was varsity in high school and she lived in the city and her trainer had left and said, Hey, would you be able to train me? Boom. Three times a week. And I knew like, so three times a week, I knew once I got to five times a week, and these were my numbers and these weren't truly based on, um, mathematics. These were, that was gut. And then before I made the big jump, it was numbers, but it was me knowing that if I could get to five times a week, mm. then I would resign as manager and then that I would cut back to 32 hours after that. So my, my first step was resign as manager, stay at 40, and I got my five. Then I knew when I got up to eight that I would cut down to 32 hours. So it was important to know what the minimum amount of clinical hours that the place that you're at will still give you benefits for. Right. And it was 32. So it was that. So I was at that. And then I knew once I started to be turning away business, it was time for me to start doing my numbers. And so once I di ditched that, it, it, it snowballed really well, we'll say. Once I ditched the management, then it opened up a few more hours and it felt like it opened up my life. And then more people came in. Yes. And then the <laughs> next thing was that it was, then I was down to the 32. And once I hit the 32, it honestly like steamrolled and really snowballed into me being like, you know, the people that I had turned away and we talked about this before, mm. but like when you're turning away business that could be at an hourly rate that is higher that you genuinely have produced yourself through either your marketing endeavors or through your own social network or for whatever it is that's when you have to start having that conversation with yourself and this is like mm -hmm. if you take one thing away it is not kevin costner in field of dreams like if you build it they will come is mm -hmm. not the business model if you build it you will <laughs> broke yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. they're not gonna just come like you gotta keep that overhead low and, oh, and like you just geez. you know yes. low mm -hmm. overhead and and as you said i mean it sounds like i had a conversation with him before i did what i did but it was yeah. you just hit it on the head where mm -hmm. yeah. you <clears throat> the side hustle is critical and and then there's it, it's amazing how when you cut back hours in the clinic they just fill. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, um, then there comes a point like, what am I? Yeah, it's just then it's it's, tipping, it's, just, yeah. it's just math at that point. Right. And then you're like, well, I could be doing a third or 20% less, you know, anyway. Right. But and that, very cool that you, you hit it on the, for, for your listener, for, for our listeners, um, I would say, um, just focus on what Steve just said. That's a critical piece of information. Yeah, and it's it, and that takes us to our fourth step here. So we have the first one is be a gangster ass clinician. The second one is location where you set up your third side hustle. Mm. And then fourth is metrics. And, and and if you take one thing away, it's lowball yourself hard. There are hidden expenses in everything. Whatever yes. you think you can make, mm. go for the minimum. And then take 20% off of that and you might be close mm -hmm. to where you're actually going to land. I think mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's something that I learned. There's, there's, there's these blocks expenses that come out, um, here and there that you're not necessarily anticipating. Mm. Um, the, the early block spending, I think that's really important, um, 
is to make sure that you you are saving appropriately for your uh, estimated taxes. Mm. Well, we can actually talk talk into that in a second. Remind me to go back into that because there's something I really want to say that I think is really important towards practice management. So mm. remind me to oh, to I, talk I to talk about that because it's yeah. really important. So the the for your expenses, but for your metrics, like like I said, this is not a. Um, oh, I think I want to. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I, I reference my family a lot because they've been very very good influences. But my dad said. To me, he goes, if I can talk you out of two things, I've done you a huge favor. They do um, like marriage-ish counseling, if you will. And it's uh, it's through the church that they're affiliated with. Mm. And so so they, they do that. And my dad has said to them, and he says to all the people at the beginning, if I can talk you out of getting married or I can talk you out of buying a house, I did you the biggest favor that I ever could have done. I'm going to throw in third. If I can talk you out of starting your own business, you're not fit. You're not ready to do it or you don't want to do it. You're not wired that way. And if mm. you're not wired that way, you're not going to be wired that way and you're going to regret it. You should not. I should not be able to talk you out of it no matter what I say. Mm. And if that's the case, then maybe if the metrics line up, and the money lines up, then you should start your own business. Mm-hmm. So that's where I think it's important is people, I think, make their numbers and they make their spreadsheets for March. And you got August and you got January. Now, for anyone who's out there who's not an out-of-network clinician, January is an, is a rough month because yes. everyone's deductibles reset. So you're pretty much a cash-based provider. Mm-hmm. Same thing for February, March. People start to eat in their deductibles, but we're all seeing bigger deductibles yes. we're turning mm-hmm. into some it, it's it's interesting the mm-hmm. tide that is changing and that's for another podcast another day <laughs> yep. but if we take this and we say okay i am looking at because people tend to think about starting their own business when they're busy stressed out and have too much on their plate yes. they tend to be busy stressed <laughs> out and have too much on their plate in mm-hmm. march <clears throat> april may or right now, actually, like October and up until November when people uh, – then Thanksgiving happens and then we drop. So don't – that's when people do their metrics and that's not when you should do your metrics. You need to have your metrics set for January 1st, for the second week in August, for the third week in August, for the first week in September when kids are going back to school. Mm-hmm. Everyone takes their most idealistic picture and it should be the most pessimistic picture. I'm an idealist in all senses of the word Same except when it comes to running my business. Mm-hmm. You have to be pessimistic. So you take that and you see how much your health care is going to cost. You see what your rent is going to end up costing you. Mm-hmm. You figure out how much the practice software is going to cost you. You figure out how much the credit card is going because everyone always is like, oh, 150, 150. It's like, no, 150 is not 150. 150 is 150 minus 3.75% for your credit card fee. And then you have to pay on top of that if you're using scheduling software. Mm-hmm. And don't forget about those things. I think it's so easy to forget about them. And and people don't factor that in appropriately. And it has to be a major part. Your spreadsheet has to be truly a look at what it's going to look like. Sure, certainly there are some advantages to owning your own business. There are certain write-offs that you can take take part in that the average person might not be able to. But in mm-hmm. general, be more pessimistic with that look. And I'm just kind of trying to see here. Mm-hmm. We got that. We got people moving. Oh, yeah. It's like preparing for people moving on. And if you are doing more physical therapies, your side hustle, again, I think I think the training is our yoga or Pilates is a better side hustle, frankly, because people tend to want that and want to come back. But people get better. People don't need you or they lose their job and no one factors that. And you need to be able to reload. Mm -hmm. And that's what you need to look at. Almost more importantly is your reload rate rather than your retention rate. So how quickly can you reload? Mm -hmm. So that and then I think I already said this, whatever you think it will be 20%. 
And then the other thing is keep your expenses low. So this is the fifth part. So again, just to recap, be a gangster-ass clinician, find the right location, get your side hustle going, create an expense report, like your expenses really matter. But then this is make sure that all of your, all as many things can be tied to your revenue as possible with your expenses. Mm. Most gyms will have a per person rate. They'll have a day rate. They'll have a monthly rate. Mm -hmm. And you want to find out what those rates are. Now, not all gyms will have all of those, but they'll usually have one or two of those. So make sure that you talk to them and you figure out what fits best for you. Those are the perfect scenario places because you don't want to have a big nut every month where you have to, in August, pay X amount of rent, $1,000, $2,000 rent, which you would be fine in March to do, but you're not fine in January to do, and you're mm-hmm. not okay. So you need to almost be boiling over for a little bit of time. Like you need to have um, a couple of, I would say, I think I think you need to be bursting at the seams, and that probably means that you're bursting at the seams in March, April, and May once perhaps before you make some really big changes to where you jump up. I was not a, here is my monthly rent. We have a contract person at the gym that I'm at for significantly longer than you would probably think. Mm-hmm. It was probably like a year or it was probably like a year and a half. And mm-hmm. I've been there for seven years. So it was probably a year and a half that I was mm-hmm. still buying the largest package that I could because I had still, I was keeping an eye on the metrics every single time in August. It was not, it didn't make sense for me to be on a monthly And if it's just one month, you take the whole and you look at everything, you look at your whole year. But you need to have, obviously, more times where it's financially advantageous to be on a fixed fixed rent for you to actually make that jump. So, you know, you're starting to build this up and typically people start to build that up on a Saturday. You know, they'll work their nine to five. They'll go on a Saturday morning. Maybe they'll do a couple free assessments and then treat like two or three people on a Saturday. I think that's the the most ideal, most logical Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. But then you just keep on watching and keep on doing your numbers and seeing when then you should jump up to a 10 pack and then when you should jump to a 20 pack and when you should jump to a 50 pack because you don't want to hamstring yourself with having too much tied up in those Mm -hmm. um in, in those ex- expenses because it it takes all the fun out of the job so again it's like you, you got to be the best clinician you can possibly be mm-hmm. you got to find the right location do your work then it'll pay off huge set up your side hustle inside that if you want to teach anatomy that's a great way to do it mm-hmm. um if you want to do free assessments that's another great way to do it. i did both of those um it really does help to drive business and then just make sure that you have everything else that you really like that you're tying everything to your mathematical conversation and then keeping your expenses as low as possible. Do not, this is not a time for an ego. This is a time to make money. This is a time to be successful. Mm -hmm. And again, we're not saying it's all about making money, but if your true goal is to help people, you can't help people if you're out of business and it's a really stressful, I've seen it happen. It's very stressful when something doesn't go the way that the person expects it to. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, those, those are my five things. Now I'll touch on what I was going to talk about, about, um, putting away. Yeah, exactly. So, So this is, um, I think his name is Mark Markowitz. Mm. Um, it's called Profit First. Google it. <laughs> um, my, my girlfriend saw that 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 I was stressed about money. It wasn't even like it was. It was more a cash flow issue, which means like when your money is coming in and when it's going out. It wasn't like if I had all the 
money at the time that services were rendered, which we all know doesn't happen. You have to wait for uh, three months as a nice ballpark number to use to get paid. Mm -hmm. Um, That was where I was having a little bit of trouble with. And And when I would pay my estimated taxes, I would get shot. And then I would do also, when I did my SEP IRA, I would get shot. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 she kind of saw it and was like, yeah, this guy was on Lewis Howes, who a big fan. And he interviewed him, and it's called the Profit First Mentality. So I'll give it to you in like the quickest and dirtiest, but you guys, mm-hmm. I would suggest doing this and anyone else who is a practice manager. Mm-hmm. Um, and we use really easy numbers to make sure that, that, we're all, like, that we're all on the same page. So you need to find your big expenses for the year. So the biggest one is obviously your taxes. The second one is usually your SEP IRA. You should be saving for your retirement. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what that number is going to be because it's generally based on your either profit or it's based on your revenue. But either way, find out whatever that was from the year before. Maybe throw it through a 10% adjuster if you're a growing business, maybe a 15% adjuster, but find out what that is. Find mm-hmm. out your disability insurance, all the things that you pay in chunks Take them and put it into this big pot and say, these are the the big stresses that if I don't see them coming, they will stress me out. Mm-hmm. And what you do is let's say that you take all those, and this isn't like two crazy numbers, but let's say you take all of those numbers and it comes out to $52,000. All you have to do is every week then, and that's why I use 52, every week you take $1,000 out of your checking account and you put it in your savings account. So every time you know that you're saving for those bigger expenses Mm -hmm. so that then on the first of the month of your June or your, uh, let's see, March, June, January, on your tax in September, I think, or your tax or the time that you have to pay your estimated taxes, on the first of that month, you pop back in whatever the amount's going to be so that you have it in your in your checking account and then have it pull from that. So you're taking out whatever that amount, whatever the big amount is. So your SEP plus your taxes, plus your disability insurance, plus your HSA, if you have one, plus anything else that stresses you out that doesn't come out on a weekly and you just pay monthly or things like that. So take all that and pull it all out and then calculatedly bring it back in when you need it. And then on March 15th, you'll be left actually in that savings account with whatever your SEP IRA contribution is. And so Mm. you'll be always chipping away, but then it's going to be building up and then chipping away and building up. And you'll end up right there with whatever your estimated amount for your SEP IRA was. It makes life at the end of the year. Exactly. It's Mm -hmm. right there. And then you don't have to stress about like, is this a good time? Do I have to file an extension? Can I write this check? That check will already be in your savings. So the real crux of it is you have to run, you need to run two bank accounts Mm -hmm. for your business. No questions asked. You need to be pulling the expenses over in real time, but uh, pulling them over consistently and weekly and then putting them back in in real time, so they're only in there for a minute before they go out and they get mm. auto withdrawn. So that's smart. my like that that that's saved me a lot of anguish. And I've had that conversation with any because that's valid for anyone, not just physical therapists. Anyone who owns a business, right. that's a much better. You have to be running two bank accounts, and he mm. runs five in his program, but two two worked well for me. Right. So, wow, that's, that's super important. Right on, yeah. right on target. That mm-hmm. is um, <laughs> definitely want to talk about these quarterly taxes. That's oh. a Gotta love it. Oh, America. Oh, man. Yeah, man. Oh, man. I love paying my taxes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the IRS is listening. I love it. It's They're so great, great, man. Oh, I, I look man. forward to it. Yeah, Every me too. Time. I'm just like, it's like Christmas for me. <laughs> exactly. So I did want to ask what, what kind of drove you to, um, I'm a, I don't know if you know, but I got my SFG cert. 
Okay. In 2014, yeah. uh, so I'm huge into kettlebells. I, I find it widely beneficial, and I'm really obsessed with it. Um, and you, you have your RKC. Uh, yeah, I got my HKC. HKC. Yeah, okay. through Dragon Door. Yeah. Cool. And now, what is required for the HKC? Is it the... not? It's not bad. It's a gob, yeah. and that's why we're actually like, I'm gonna give a little plug. But this is what I think. Uh, one of the ways that we're trying to get back. So we do the medical mission every year, but mm-hmm. what we're trying to do, my father is affiliated with covenant house. What we're trying to do is actually help. And maybe you guys want to be involved in this. And anyone else who wants to be involved in this, let me know. Mm. Um, just, you know, we're on Instagram at I health sciences, just send us a message. Mm. Um, we're trying to help the covenant house. Um, we just sent our, submit our applications. I'm not, I'm speaking about this in real time. I have a sense that this stuff takes longer than you think it's going to take, mm. but helping them, the the residents of Covenant House, which is mm. people who uh, have gone through the foster care system, but it's no longer. They're 18 to 22 years old, so they don't really tend to have a place to go. Mm. We're trying to actually help them study for the HKC because it's a goblet squat, a Turkish getup, and a swing. Okay. That's a doable thing. But if you can teach – if you can know those and teach those three – it can really kind of like wet your palate for more exercise yes. strength training. And so that's what yeah. we're actually trying to do is trying to get more people involved through fitness through then having our patients sponsor the residents of Covenant House for their HKC because right. it's so cool. like – so it's such so bite-sized. They can yeah. do it and then hopefully have them continue to grow and then we'll offer them our fire certification down the road. But like mm. that's – so HKC is actually what got me – into it but it was actually so i took a course by dr craig liebenson are you guys familiar with his yes stuff? yes yes he's yeah. great yeah. you know yeah. it's, it, it packages stuff really well together and always cites where he got it which makes me have a lot of respect he's talking about yonda great cook tim gabbett like it's almost like getting the best of all the courses that are out there mm-hmm. and he synthesizes it makes it very user-friendly yeah so he coupled at a place called dynamic sports performance down in um Alexandra, Alexandria, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And so they, Craig was hosting this course down it, down there in Alexandria. Mm-hmm. And we took it and it was cool because at the beginning it was part of the, a kettlebell course and at the end it was part of a kettlebell course. So mm. it was kettlebells, Dr. Craig Liebenson, kettlebells. And mm. I had never been exposed to it. And it exposed my unilateral deficiencies so much Mm. that immediately I was starting to think, oh, my God, I can't wait to use this. I'm like, oh, my left shoulder is trash. It's Mm -hmm. so weak. What is going on? Mm -hmm. And you just start to see how asymmetrical you are. And to me, that keys you into the low-hanging fruit that much faster. So that's what got me into that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess I think I – but into the so to, to summarize my um, injury history. So like I said before, it's like I cord abutment uh, C five C six. I had a wicked herniation C six C seven. Like mm. like pain all the way down my arm. Still don't have full sensation. Triceps was totally shut down, and it slowly came back. That was actually at one of those. Nights, just uh, oh really? Looking. Yeah. <laughs> so I have. Did you see the? Oh, uh, gotta love. So I put TC, that in my here. Man. Yeah. Uh, famously got a black guy from Jason Milligan. Who's oh, now blue belt oh that was another time, actually. That <laughs> was, oh, I was holding a pad. I was like, oh, just kick the thing, whatever. And I'm holding it. And he kicked it so hard that I punched my own self. Uh, in my, And I was like, oof. I remember oh, seeing you the next day. You were like, "Hey!" And yeah, I was like, "Oh, what's that?" Like, what? You can, you, it's noticeable. I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" So that was a different one. Him, but again, it was like I should have just gotten out of the way to kick, and I right. didn't. Uh-huh. And so my neck was just so bad. And then, mm. it, you know, I, I have intermittent lower back pain, significantly less than I used to. But I think I, I, I bought into the fragile model probably more than I should have. Mm. And the the kettlebell, sir 
we'll say the kettlebell course, and then I went back to get my cert down at the same place uh, mm. with a guy named Darius and a woman named Rekha. They're both amazing. Mm. And they were so good, and I felt so much better after the course. And I thought because I hadn't been training hard like that that I would have trouble. And I was like, hmm, I feel yes. more powerful. I feel yes. less pain. I feel less stiffness. Mm -hmm. That was when I started to turn because we talked about this before, but my, like I would say my manual therapy credentials are up there with anyone else. Like I taught continuing education at Sacred Heart, Quinnipiac. Um, I've taught thrust. I have my manual therapy cert. And then I also just went through and took – other manual like I only took manual therapy courses I think for seven years mm. and then I, when I was down with the with the HKC I was like oh, like I feel so much better how many massages have I gotten how many times have I like <laughs> this is like this this movement is what I really need to be doing mm -hmm. not to treat I think I think we all fall under the bias of treating people the way that things have worked for us in the past you know like of we're course. we're biased towards what worked for us will hopefully work for other people right. and i try not to do that because i still will do manual therapy and i still like you know i almost see it as like a way to unlock or to just get me to that answer faster you know i can rub someone's tfl and they're and they're having trouble with their glutes fine i know you guys talking about glute i mean like I'm, my left ass cheek does not work sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. i mean like i'm not sure it has amnesia or it just needs like just it's a little like browned out every <laughs> either way but you know if someone gets in on my tfl and maybe like mm -hmm. does some sort of active release stuff through my piriformis i it gets my gets my glute to fire faster right. no yeah. doubt in my right. mind you know whether right. it's neurological or it's mechanical or whatever it is right. mm -hmm. it works so mechanical right. transduction restoring slide and glide to the opposite uh, like antagonistic strike like I don't, I don't no i don't care i'm just saying like i know it helps me yeah. so then i started i started and, and this is where i need to give like a shout out to carl eichenfeld who is um and he's a straight up like mobility sorcerer. I'm telling mm -hmm. you, this guy knows how to program people. And this is this is like so. I was just interviewed for um, Barben Magazine. I did a Paloff Press video mm -hmm. for them. Nice. And, and and in prepping for it, like why is this so important? We talk. I I talk about like the the circuit box and the circuit breakers. Mm -hmm. Um, and this will get back to how this rel is relevant to mm -hmm. Carl. But I feel like the nervous system needs to feel safe. Your nervous right. system is your circuit box and each one of those breakers needs to be clicked on so that's your we'll just say anti we'll say anti-flexors anti-extensors anti-sidebenders anti-rotators your hip flexors extensors internal external rotators abductors adductors and flexors i think i started with that mm -hmm. so those are your circuit breakers that need to be switched on mm. some people respond better to having them switched on in different patterns you can get the whole thing turned on a little bit faster if you know the quickest and cleverest way to prescribe the exercise to get them going on like for me, my glutes tend to work better if I get my anti-rotators of my trunk working well and I get my hip flexors working well. That tends to get me to my end or to my the means to the end the fastest. Mm -hmm. um, that's where Carl is truly mm -hmm. one of the most impressive um, mobility scientists that I've ever seen. And it really is like sorcery sometimes. I'm like, how did he get that person to get them to fire, to get their form cleaned up so much faster than if you would have just like pinned and stretched, or if you just mm -hmm. would have done something else. So he was the one who humbled the, out of me in a mobility and a movement and an exercise science sense. 
So when he started working with us, I knew I had to step my game up. And it's a perfect example of like, don't surround yourself with people that make you feel comfortable. Surround yourself with people that make you feel stupid. If you think you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. So when he was started working with us, I realized how much I was missing from my tool set. I had all the tools for manual therapy. They were all here. They were all shined up. Literally. I mean, I had my, like, <laughs> my gua sha tools. I had my Theragun. I had my, I could pop anything that you wanted. I could do whatever. I floss and, you know, and just just like Mackenzie's, Maitland, Mulligan's. Like I learned all that in school. I relearned it. I read their books. It was just like all this. And I felt like I'd taken that, but that will just get them to a point. And then if you want to, it's like writing this whole long-term paper and then right before you're about to get up from your computer, forgetting to hit save. Like <laughs> the clicking save is the doing the mobility training. It's yes. doing the movement work is doing the stability. That's what you click save and now you can build on that the next time. And that's where he taught me so well and really made me examine what I was doing for my for my patients and also how I wanted to treat myself. And maybe he took it uh, just like, come on, work out with me a couple of times. And maybe he was like casually kind in that way, but it was really nice. And then I started joining him at that. I'm going out to Exos in a couple of weeks um, at, down in Miami. Uh, I've taken more of those courses. I took the move you, which was, which was it, more a little bit not geared towards the clinician, but just geared. But they, they, the move you guys are familiar with. Oh, yes, yes, yes. They're hilarious. Yeah. They're yeah. very funny. You know, they're affiliated with Theragun. We're affiliated with Theragun too. So it created like a little bit of a, flat, a nice uh, bed for a conversation nice. with them. But they're very good. And, and I mean, what it really comes down to is who can cue the best. We all know what we want the person to look like. But if you're using internal cues, you're probably not getting there. If you use external cues, you're going to get there faster. If you use really good external cues, you're going to get there the fastest. And I think that's where they're the best. And if you mm. sequence it appropriately and turn things on appropriately, whether you take more like a DNS, like uh, the way that babies are growing up and pattern yes. it that way mm-hmm. or something else, it, it tends to or, or even if you just go from the feet up. I mean, that's the yes. wh- whatever mode you want to take, you need to have different ways to talk to people and you need to pick that way to switch that person on if you want them to save the information and be able to move better to get that long-term benefit. So there's a long-winded way of saying that. I think that, um, that, that like a manual therapy unlocks the door, but movement sciences allow you to walk through it. Mm-hmm. So that's very cool. You, you literally said this last podcast when we were talking about the, the importance of strength almost, conditioning almost, and almost word for word. Yeah. yeah and it was, it was like the, um, <laughs> no, yeah. it, it's, 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 it's great to have you on and, and, uh, kind of, yeah, we see it all the time in the clinic where we get a person or a clinician gets a person and it's like, all right, you're, you're ready. ready. Yeah, exactly. And like I, I heard they? this the other day, ready for what? Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, you need to be prepared for not only the load that's expected but the unexpected yeah, load as well. Like, So build that little – almost the same amount as like that. Like, expect, be ready for that unexpected expense. So – cut down everything 20% in your mind, build everyone 20% higher than you have to. And everyone will always be so much happier with the you. margins, the more, you know, it's, it's injuries and, and I guess unpleasantness happens when we, we get out of the margin and life often takes us, whether it's, um, picking up their child or uh, practicing jujitsu. Right. But, um, very cool. I mean, the way you articulated what you did, I mean, it, very cool stuff. Um, and again, I think there's a movement, towards this quality care and this kind of eclectic holistic approach and and humility you know you you 
humility in saying, I know X, but whoa, there's this whole other world out there. Totally. You know, recently, well, he, look at that. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> have you yeah. heard of um, Andrew Espina? Sure, of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did, did you, yeah. Have you taken the mobility? No, but I, I, a bunch of my friends yeah. have, and I'm not, that's not between, but like, oh, I don't, like, I would like to, it's on my to take list, but for sure. It was a game changer for me, only because sure. um, he, you know, he he's a chiropractor by trade, but he also uses kind of like everything from, you know, connective tissue uh science and anatomy physiology to have reasoning for what the system is and i love it because the principles are so sound in my opinion in terms of building um you know coming from a martial arts background building a capacity to a joint to tolerate load and this is one of his famous slides uh and it's really it's so So simple it's so easy it's kind of what you were just saying about you know we want to get to the person they could tolerate that capacity that goes beyond the load that they'll ever have to experience right and that will prevent them from it's you know, sequencing. Yeah, it's yeah. not like it's um, it's. I said this in a in a recent. I was asked by a, a about a training after forty. Like people are getting in training. It's like m- many people have the potential, but they don't have the patience. Right, and that's yeah. where you have to. You just got to talk. We're in New York. Like right. everybody wants everything done yesterday. It's right. like yes. no, no. Enjoy the process. Right. This is fun. Mm. We'll get there. Ten percent increases max. Let's right. not go crazy here. So, mm-hmm. and that's where I think that we can learn. And I love that slide. That's I, I, I said Tim Gabbett, who also talks a ton about like chronic load and acute load and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's nice to. It's nice that that's um. It's nice that us as physical therapists, which I think you know, we started in a hospital. We were like yes. division, like that we've grown, and it's. Yeah. And it's not because we've grown because the people that got involved. It's it's, it's grown that direction because it works. The reason that chiros and PTs are starting to look more similar is because we're gravitating what towards what works. And it's movement with soft tissue. If you're going to do soft tissue and it's doing exercise and load, you know, a lot of the a lot like uh, Perry Nicholson, a lot of the like Dr. Andrew Spina, right? The mm-hmm. FRC, mm-hmm. Um, the foundation training. He's a chiropractor as well. Eric. Goodman, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these chiropractors that you're seeing because they go with what works. They right. were treated, they were taught in one way, and maybe their schooling has evolved towards that, but they certainly weren't trained in that original no. Palmer chiropractic where you crack everything and everyone's no. always fine. You gotta move. Mm-hmm. You gotta well, move. All of the gentlemen were mentioning uh, the chiropractors. I mean, Spina in particular, very eclectic and, and definitely took took a look at a lot of different algorithms and a lot of different systems before creating his own. But mm-hmm. um, I see that, you know, Lee and I talk about it at length, how, you know, as a physical therapist, I think it's critical to put your foot into this movement world. And um, I, I think after uh, Lee and I took this OCS, I was like, that's it. I'm going to go fitness and movement route, took FRC, might be taking some PRI down the road, but I, I just want to change the the hat sure. a bit, you know, and, and, it's exciting, and you know, it's just you're layering, you're just building that layer. <laughs> you're a gangster, ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that what I'm you want? Yeah, yeah. yeah. uh, no, 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 no. It's just it's it's, it's pretty cool yeah. to have like minded individuals. Oh, 100 you know? percent. It's, it's really cool because sometimes, you know, when you're in your own practice, I, I don't have the exposure that I used to have in the golden days, mm-hmm. and you you know you scratch your head and you say, "Wow, am I doing the right thing?" You know, you don't have any kind of um, any reference at times when you're out on your own, and um, 
these conversations, this time that we're spending here is kind of reinforcing and, and also inspiring. So it's good. Right. good you stuff. need to nerd out. Like yeah. it is, it's, it's absolutely important because you have so much, we consume so much information. Instagram, I can, I'm taking a course every night. I'm looking at dogs, <laughs> <laughs> looking at kids and learning physical therapy <laughs> every night. And if you don't have an outlet to just talk about it, you don't get it. So what we do actually, and, and you know, anyone who's listening, if they ever want to come by, you guys obviously included Carl and I, every two o'clock, every Monday, we go through all of our saved Instagram exercises mm. and then we just do them. Cause I'm not going to, I'm like laying in bed. I'm just like scrolling through with my orange glasses like, <laughs> with the mirrors on <laughs> like a weirdo. Exactly. But I'm not going to get up. My glasses will fall off. So, what we do is we save into our collections all the exercises that we want to do, and then once a week we just go through all of them. And we're like, that's I like awesome. this, I don't like this, I do. I want uh, maybe if we do this differently. And I think that that's an important thing. Like you have to play, you have to play. Yeah. Just get on the ground. Like, what do I want to do right now? Someone had to come up with these exercises. Why not have it be us? You know, right. it's like, mm-hmm. and no one's ever reinventing. You can look back, but it's nice to just put your own spin on things. And that spin will probably help someone else out. And if you happen to post to social media, you'll help even more people out. So why not? Just go for it. It's yeah. The playing is so important. And again, that's shout out to Carl. Like that was not my mentality. I was manual. I was just rub people's yeah. necks. Mm. I was rub. I would pop it. I would rub it. And then for the last seven minutes, I'd be like, let's do some pec stretching. Yeah. Like, yeah. I felt like my, my exercise prescription game was mild to moderately strong. And mm-hmm. now I feel like it's really good. Nice. Um, and I'm still... I'm I'm still learning, but I'm having a lot more fun with it now because you see return on your investment like that. So, yeah. So, I'm actually – I just weigh myself. So, I, I could do the 150 strong, which is cool. Like, that's what I played rugby at in college. I feel nice. amazing. So, it was – that is the – I could do the strong first at 150, which yeah. is a 20 kilogram bell, which is less intimidating. So, I will say that I may in the next year or two see you on that side, Absolutely. which would be nice. Yeah. I got to get on that my, side. Yeah. My goal is level two uh, in March because I'll have cool. to research. It will be my second time researching for my level one. And I I tested before they did the ways the, okay. the weight, so I did the twenty four. But okay. it's it's definitely it changed my whole perspective on everything in terms of the three days of doing it and the the th- the people who are teaching that. Like you have this. I don't even heard of uh, Mark Chang, Doctor Mark Chang. I don't know. He he has. I I think he has his uh, PhD level in acupuncture, and he was one of the main instructors. It, this was the first time they were ever in New York City in two thousand fourteen. So it was John Egnam who was leading it, um, who's a really well-known martial artist, uh, you know, multi-degree black belt in Taekwondo, and has been a strength conditioning coach forever. Uh, Mark Chang and a bunch of other coaches. So just hearing, they each had a, like a, a, a part where they talked and um, the cues that they would give everybody. Obviously, the, right. when you test it out for yourself, you're like, wow, this is just incredible. Um, so I found that very valuable, being able to play with that with, with patients because you can start to talk to them about like irradiation and tension right. positions and uh, power breathing and then what's the difference between relaxation and tension in the, um, in the realm of not just strength conditioning but just if you ex- experience stress. Right, why is um, it any different? Right? Yeah, so it's, it's pretty cool. Good, it's cool stuff. Yeah. I mean, we we're covering some we're covering some topics near and dear and okay. um it's cool to have them clarified because you you articulate articulate it very well <laughs> try do my best i feel lucky 
So I was going to ask you a little bit about these guys. Um, oh, you want to hear some weird stuff? Because <laughs> <laughs> like people, people ask, I get asked the same questions a whole bunch, and I'm almost going to like take this and yeah, go for this, it, go for it. I guess these are like the ten, the ten. We- Actually, can I talk about the courses that we're teaching, and then yes. we can end Please, on that, go the, for weird, it. the weird, the yeah. weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's so, a so if anyone again follow us, easiest way is honestly we're we're pretty active on Instagram, so okay. it's at iHealthSciences. You can check out our website iHealthSciences.com, and then there's a hashtag LearnFire. That's probably Probably will give you the most information mm-hmm. if you're a trainer. Um, if you're just a general patient, look on resources. And then at the top of that is Foundations of Health. That's what I was talking about before. But I'll give that to you for the show notes as well. That'd be great. Um, some of the courses that we're teaching, the the probably the one that I'm the one that's already set in stone is that we are going to be teaching to a group of yoga instructors and people who want to learn just a little bit more about yoga. So that's myself. Carl Eichenfeld, and then Paula Tersi, who is, to me, one of the most brilliant yoga minds that I've ever um, worked with. Her and I taught this curriculum in a little bit of a babied version. That's not uh, in a little bit more. Yeah, it was a little bit more an immature version. Now I think what we're bringing is significantly better about Mm -hmm. seven years ago. She was one of the people actually that I rented one of the original spaces from Mm -hmm. when I left. So she was one of the three. She Mm -hmm. was the yoga studio. And what came from that was actually us teaching to the advanced um, teacher training group, anatomy, pathology, and corrective exercise. Mm -hmm. So what we're doing is three dates in 2019 where we're doing lower extremity, upper extremity, spine and thorax. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be doing one – anatomy pathology and corrective exercise but it's fun because it's actually got a day before and it has a day after so if you're not familiar with yoga like if you guys want to learn five basic yoga poses Mm -hmm. you're going to come to the first day so if you have no yoga experience come to the first day you learn the five or six yoga poses that we're going to be using to teach the anatomy off of. Mm, then cool. if you're an advanced yoga instructor, you'll stay for the fifth and final day. The new people won't. So you'll either do the first day or the last day and mm. everyone does the three days in between. If you're an advanced yoga instructor, then you'll stay and then Paula will teach you even more advanced techniques for oh, cool. depending on your level of practice. Mm. So we have those dates set out. We are the only um, – Certified instructors of Aragon and kinetic flossing in the Western Hemisphere. Oh. Makes it sound cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in the Western Very Hemisphere. Cool. <laughs> Look at this guy. What about the Eastern? Exactly. The, do you know well, that's what they, they – they're in Europe. Oh, so they, cool. so uh. these guys are out of Greece. They teach in um, they teach in Asia. They've taught in Africa, um, all throughout Europe. They're wow. the Graston of – um, of Europe is the easiest Very way to think cool. about them. So they found us actually on Instagram, which was pretty cool. And they were like, Hey, we like your style. And I was like, how many people did you send this message to? And they were kind of like, <laughs> right, right. Just, just you guys. <laughs> is that an American thing? Like, yeah. uh, yeah, kind of. We like, we like to like hedge our bets a little right, bit. Right. <laughs> exactly. And it didn't feel copy and paste. And I was like, Oh, well, all right, whatever. So mm-hmm. they came and they came in and trained us in their method and they're legit. So Aragon is, I'm not saying, I, it's almost like if you took Graston and put it with ART, like the advance goes all the way through towards movement and towards loading while using the blades, which That's is amazing. It. And they're really high quality blades too. Mm. Um, then also kinetic flossing. So you've seen a lot of flossing, but imagine if you had these flossing and you could put something in it that could give you a pin and stretch right there. So let's say a perfect example for me is like my left groin sometimes feels like I want someone to get 
in there, but also while I'm doing a side lunge, mm-hmm. it's kind of precarious to be honest right. with you. So you take these metal buttons that they've specifically made, put them inside the flossing. So you have compression and then you have actual direct soft tissue and mm-hmm. then you can load that up and do a strengthen to lengthen during having mm-hmm. soft tissue. The connect cool. flossing stuff is wild. So mm-hmm. we're going to be teaching that in 2019 as well. Nice. The other thing that we're going to be teaching, and I think it's really interesting with you, but me and Peter D'Aquino, the, um, the, acupuncturist that I I mean he's one of my best friends and we didn't start out like that like I just went to go see him because someone bought me a session and I was like that guy knows his stuff Mm -hmm. and then we grow ended up growing to be very good friends and also realizing that PTs can learn from acupuncturists acupuncturists can learn from PTs you know there's no Mm -hmm. reason why we can't cohabitate this space and help I feel like with a a one day course, I can take an acupuncturist and turn him into a super acupuncturist. Mm-hmm. And I know that Peter can do a one day course and turn a PT into a super PT. So that's what we're going to be All teaching right, cool. through that. So again, follow mm-hmm. us if you want to know about those dates. Mm-hmm. Then I think Carl's going to be doing, uh, heading up, we'll be doing it together, but some more of his mobility stuff. Cause again, that stuff's kind of like too good to let go. Mm-hmm. And those are the major ones that we're teaching. Mm-hmm. Let me just see. It sounds weird that I have to check and make sure that I'm not missing any courses that I'm no, teaching I, next I year. Would, no, I that's would. it. Those are the five. So. No, actually, I, <laughs> you it. should have a list. That's a lot. Yeah. That's, so, that's yeah. cool stuff. That's so that's exciting. the next phase of what we're doing. So we really, that's that's why, you know, like my shirt says IPT, but our website is Integrated Health Sciences. We're not just a physical therapy clinic. I would go to my brother a lot. My brother's in advertising. And I was like, what do you think about this name for education? What do you think about this name for our products? What do you think about Mm -hmm. this name for whatever? And he's like, well, (laughs) if you were my client and we'll just pretend that you are right now, assuming you buy this dinner, (laughs) I would say you have to brand under something umbrella. And, And always, always, it kept on talking. I kept on coming back to how I wanted things to be integrated better. Like I want to learn from Kairos. I want to learn from Accus. They can learn from us. I want to worry about people's hydration, diet, exercise, stress, whatever it is. Like it's all integrated. So I was like, integrated health sciences. Mm-hmm. And then honestly, like I came up with the integrated. I was like, health, physical, what? And I was like, mm-hmm. dude, you have a bachelor's in health science. Just go with health science. Like it's a fine two words to go yeah, after. Right. Yeah. So that's when integrated health sciences was born. IPT was born as the, the physical therapy branch of that. But the yeah. whole point of this was always to get to this point where our teaching would feed our clinical, the clinical would feed the teaching, would fight, feed some of our products. Like my father and I are working on some soft tissue tools, like all of these things. We want everything. We have a thing called an integrated performance test, which is pretty cool. If anyone's out there who doesn't, for some reason, can't see either of you guys. I'm not trying to like poach business here. <laughs> but we do an integrated performance test, which is for people who are totally fine, no pain whatsoever, but you want to find out where you could be better. And it's a 100-point system. You yes. guys would like it a lot. It has a neuro screen. It has orthopedic testing. It has everything that you would possibly want them to look at with some functional tests where they can get some extra credit back. Like if you can do some like elbow taps, you can get some stuff back. If your obliques mm-hmm. work really well, you can get some stuff back. So it's mm-hmm. cool. We do a lot of like different strength range of motions, just as you would expect. But then we also have functional neuro screen and orthopedic testing. And it's all color coded when you do it. If it's green, it's something you can do for a home exercise program. If it's yellow, it's something that you should work on a trainer with. If it's red, it's a PT problem. It's a black, it's a doctor referral. So it's not salesy. It's just meant to be like, this is what you need. So so that, and then it just all kind of started to feed each other. So Mm. that's why, you know, that's the education is coming at the time that it's coming, but that was always the plan, to be honest with you. So So it's cool. 
That's awesome. Systems, different, a lot of different. That's very cool, man. It's fun. Yeah. 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 And yeah. they feed, they feed one another. Mm-hmm. So you want these weird things? I feel <laughs> no, no. Yeah, let's do the weird things. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have any other questions before? And uh, uh, question. Yeah. You know, I think I've, let me see. Did you, did you yeah, have some questions in the back? Oh, wait. Did you add it at the bottom? I think I wrote. Uh, pull it up a at little. The, I'll go at the might, top first. I go up a little lower than that. Lower, lower, lower. It's exciting. Doing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Last point. Maybe I did this. I guess I didn't click save. <laughs> oh, you didn't do your movement <laughs> science stuff. Yeah, stuff. Oh, I guess, more, I guess um, some world. of the challenges. Ask me anything you want. I mean, yeah, challenges. So yeah. initial challenges of starting a practice. Sure. Um, I mean, I, you went at length, but I guess personally, what was some sure. of the challenges? And then fast forward to some of the current, I guess, with this kind of next growth phase. Sure, yeah, Some yeah. of the challenges, if you want to divulge. And um, yeah, I guess that, that would be sure. it. I think, okay, so I'll start when I when I felt like I knew that I needed to start my practice. And it was actually, if anyone in my family is listening to this, I apologize, but this is being very honest. Hmm. I was at Thanksgiving. And my great aunt, who's like my second grandmother to me, her shoulder was bothering her. And so this is back. Now we, we go back. This is when I'm managing, I'm, I'm managing, treating, studying, and have some side hustle going on. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I need a day off so bad. And my, my great aunt, who I love dearly more than anything in the world, asked me about her shoulder. And I looked at it and I worked on it. But there was so much a part of me that was like, I need a day off so bad right now that I was like, this isn't sustainable anymore. I need mm. to get out. So it was my heart that that led me to look into all of the mathematics to figure out yes. whether I should be starting my own clinic. Mm. I tried to make it as challenge free as possible. Like I took a loan out for myself for $2,000. Mm. I saved, saved up two grand. And I took that out against myself and then I paid myself back down the road. So my like it was it was purely for me financial because I waited so long. Like I waited till I was busting at the seams to start my own business. And so it wasn't like I had big cash flow problems in the beginning. It wasn't anything like that. It was fear of failure. It was completely fear of failure. It's Mm -hmm. like this is real now. Everyone yeah. knows I'm starting my own business. And if it doesn't go well, everyone will know it and they won't think that I'm as good as they thought I was before. Yeah. Mm. Everyone has an ego. Yeah. And it's like we talked about with the um, your expenses and time and the revenue. Like that's no time. There's, that, that's, that's time when you have the littlest ego. That being said, acknowledge the fact that there's pressure and just go with it. Let it like rope-a-dope you anxiety-wise. But realize that It'll never feel as bad as your first August or your first January. Those are the times. Like no matter how good you are, I'm telling you, if you're starting your own business, I'm looking at you directly in the eye microphone. (laughs) If you're starting your own business, you are going to have a panic attack the third week in August and the second week in January. I promise. This is no one tells you this and it's true and you start getting upset. About Panera not having the soup you want. And you're like, <laughs> what is? What are we talking about here? That's what it is. Oh. I promise you, that's it. So that is that was kind of like the original challenge is just fear of fear of failure for me mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I followed my steps where I I kind of knew what the money was going to be like. But it is a little bit tough. That's where your side hustle helps. It's a little bit tough from when you file that first um, claim because it does take longer for the first claim to get oh, processed. Yeah. So that cash flow in the beginning is rough. Mm. Make sure you have your cash-based side hustle 
helping you out right there. Mm. And then currently, I mean, it's finding it's finding a unicorn, um, which I mean, like you want to find someone who's a great clinician but doesn't already have their thing going. So you t- tend to target people who either like Stephen Chow is a he's a clinician for us. He's he's a professor. He's a professor um, for Stony Brook, LaGuardia, Staten Island. Um, like uh, I think SUNY, I'm not sure which one it is, but him and I prepped a, a cadaver lab recently, but he's a great example. Like he doesn't want to own his own clinic. He wanted to teach and to still have some, some clinical abilities. So he's a great person. Carl, I think is a great person. I think that this is like maybe taking it the next step. But once you do start hiring people, figure out what they're going to want the next and don't make them ask for it. I think that, the, that that's a good mentality. I think in, in any relationship, professional or not, just find out what you think that person is going to want next and talk to them about it. And if it's something they want, give it to them before they start to feel that itch that they yes. need it. So mm. that's where I think I approach it that way. So it's finding the right people like that is finding the people that don't want to own their own clinic, but are really good. They are unicorns, but you can find them. You just yes. need to find them and be really good to them and take everything off their place so they can just be the clinician that they want to be to focus on either whatever it else is or just to do that, like, I am a grunt. I will treat X amount of patients because that's all I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. really shield them from that. Um, those are the kind of bigger challenges. And, and then this goes back to before, but everyone, see how you respond to having a to-do list that's more than you can do in a day. Um, that's where you find out whether you're going to make it or not. So be a manager if you can, because when you go from being a staff PT to a manager, you immediately see how you respond to having this to-do list that you only crossed out three things and you added two more things to in a day. Right. If you can't sleep at night, and I don't think I could for a year, like give yourself an adjustment period, but it took me a year and then I acclimated to it and I was like, I can do this. And that's how I knew that I was okay to to run my own business. And now today it's that on on like it's 10 times what I, I'm being serious. I'm not like, this is me being like dramatic or mm, looking for yeah. sympathy, but the amount, if I had one thing on my plate, when I was a staff PT, I had 10 things on my plate as a manager. <clears throat> I have a hundred things on my plate as an owner of my own business. Mm. And then I feel like I have a thousand things on my plate with my own business, with other staff trying to teach. And right now we have, uh, three three trademarks applications, one patent application. We're submitting for CEUs for things like. There's a lot going on, mm-hmm. but you just realize it's all the same thing. If you can go to sleep at night knowing you didn't accomplish everything you were supposed to do, and that's okay, yes. you might be able to cut it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, spot on. Yeah, spot that's on, life, that's gentlemen. That's very it's been an absolute pleasure. Very, I mean, wow. I could say that I had all every all of the above panic yeah. attacks and and all right. <laughs> Tight, but you know, there's something that comes over you. But Steve, it has been. I, I don't know if you guys want to. No, I think that's good. I yeah. think we're uh, good. Any rounding up marks? I, I, we'd definitely like to have you on later. Yeah, for uh, sure. That'd be awesome. Because I think, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. And we can do a deep dive into some of the like the breathing stuff and all that sort of stuff. So if you want to tease that, I'll give you one. This is one teaser thing. This is one of the one. The first thing I do have to say is I get asked this question more than anything else. I have nine pairs of green pants. I'm not. I'm like a dirty person, but I'm not that dirty. I get asked that all the time. The other thing is this is the breathing strategy, and this is one of the weird things that I do. But I don't think they're weird. I just think that I'm like exploring and trying to do different stuff. But sometimes it looks a little strange. But right now, the breathing technique that I'm actually working on is before I go to bed, I will breathe in thinking about a problem. Then I'll hold till I come up with the next step for my solution. 
Then when I exhale, I let everything go totally relaxed. Now my mind is totally clear. And then I'll hold after that exhale and I'll just think about something really pleasant for me. For me, it's sitting on a surfboard in the ocean and watching the waves come out. That's my like, does it it get any better than this? Mm -hmm. So that's your hold where maybe you're getting that vagus nerve stimulation and it's really helping you. So again, you inhale. I don't have a name for it. Maybe it's integrated breathing. I don't know. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Trademark. (laughs) So breathe in. Think about what's on your mind. Mm. Then you're going to hold that. So you come up with just the next step. It doesn't have to be everything, but just the next step in your solution. Mm. Exhale, let it all go, and then just hold that exhale for four more. Those are typically four seconds, but the exhale hold where you're picturing the really beautiful thing, that can be four, six, can be eight seconds. Depending on how sympathetic or parasympathetic you are, Mm -hmm. you'll know how long you can hold that. So those are the types of things that I do. Tune in next time if you want to hear more of those. I'm happy to share them. Gentlemen, this was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. It's an honor. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Everyone, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to A Few Good Physios. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Follow us each week while we interview guests and have clinical commentary. 